0: Dig a bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Perhaps the most poignant and for sure the most well known chapter by the psalmist David regarding the providence of God is Psalm 23 where he says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me We're going to close this January 2018 edition of Digging Deep Digabits with a quick list of verses in the ascent of David to the throne that are clearly providential verses. That was number seven on the study this month. David was to establish the throne on which the Messiah was to come. So it was God's will that he would ascend to that throne. He was, from man's point of view, a very unlikely candidate for Israel, Israel's sovereign. You remember he was a shepherd boy, not royalty. He was a fugitive for, from a powerful man, and he was hated by some people, some even in his own family. Yet God's plan is a happening thing. So I ask you to read 1 Samuel 15 through 31, those chapters, and to list the providential occurrences that led David to the throne. So I ask you once more also to denote, put an asterisk by those that can be classified as escapes. And i know that this is a subjective thing to ask because i know our answers will not all be exactly the same and as we read these chapters we are impressed with the fact that god's providence his fingerprints are everywhere in this account and then next month we will see Uh, make some spiritual applications and we will see where this thread goes in the kingdom of Israel so let's get started we're going to begin in first Samuel chapter 15 and I believe in verse 9 Saul's disobedience when he brought home the king and the bleeding sheep from the Amalekites I believe that disobedience was certainly the beginning of well not the beginning it had already begun God always intended David to be on the throne but it was the uh, straw that broke the camel's back I guess as Samuel came and actually prophesied that Saul would be rejected when Saul outright blatantly disobeyed God's order to destroy to utterly destroy the Amalekites. So that's in 15 verse 9, and we know from that point that Saul is out and that David is on his way to the throne. In 1527, uh, now let's skip that one and go to sixteen one. In sixteen one, God provided, it says, a king. Well, when a chapter says that God, in sixteen one rather, when a chapter says that God provided, we pretty much know that's his providence so i love that it's spelled out in that verse in sixteen four, there were witnesses to the anointing of david is it important that there were witnesses that there were other people besides just david to know that he was anointed well sure it is any corrupt politician could claim the anointing but there were lots of witnesses present when david was anointed and i think that's providential in 16 verse 16 you remember the suggestion was made to King Saul when he had a troubled spirit to get a harpist to help him feel better to ease his anxiety, and we know that harpist is going to be David. So that was a providential suggestion there. In uh, six, let's see, seventeen, verse four, we have Goliath's challenge. That's going to be a big providential story that's going to catapult David into the public eye and certainly make the people respect him and be prepared in their hearts for him becoming the king because they're going to love him after goliath in 1717 jesse sent food by david to his brothers so he's going to be in the right place at the right time to actually see the challenge of goliath it's interesting to remember that both daddies sent provisions to their other sons when Jesse sent David to see about his brothers in the same way that um, Jacob sent Joseph to see about his older brothers. In 17 verse 23, while David was talking to the brothers, how could it be that the, you know, Goliath didn't stand there all day long and say the same thing over and over and over that challenge to the Israelites, but it happened to be right when David was standing there talking to his brothers, there came this champion. In 1725, Saul devised a reward for whoever could slay Goliath that involved kinship wow whoever kills this giant is going to be kin to the king he's going to be suddenly respected and well known so that's providential in 1734 um, david says that the lion he had killed a lion and a bear and he indicates that this had prepared him for the battle that he's about to do with goliath Now, I I marked 1734 as an escape because I think if I ran into a lion and a bear and I lived to tell about it, that would be an escape. In 17 verse 40, right there handy were stones and he had a shepherd's bag or sling with him. He had the tools that he needed at hand. So many times we have the tools and we don't um, use those tools. We uh, ignore the fact that we have the tools we need to do God's will. In let's go up to 18, no, 1749. He slew Goliath. 1749. He slew Goliath, and of course that was an escape. I marked that one as well, denoted it as an escape. In 184, 181 to 4, we see this friendship between Jonathan and David, and it was a friendship that was going to be very important. Um, between Jonathan and David. And for some reason, beside 18, 1 to 4, I have a note that says C verses 20, 1 to 4. So let's look over there and see what that note is about. Let's see. So David... Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to have the right verse if I'm in Second Samuel. So let's look in First Samuel chapter 20. This, this podcast is just so real, isn't it? Nothing prepared about this. Nothing canned about this. Let's look in First Samuel chapter 20 verses 1 to 4. Um, yeah, here we have... Um, here we have David fleeing from Naoth and coming before Jonathan and saying, what have I done? What's my iniquity? What's my sin before your father that he's seeking my life? And down in verse three, David swear and said, your father knows that I've found grace in your eyes. And he says, let not Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, there is but a step between me and death. Then said Jonathan to David, Whatsoever your soul desires, I will even do it for you. So I'm just pointing out in 20 verses 1 through 4, they became their souls were knit in chapter 18. But by chapter 20, Jonathan, of course, is protective of David. He is protective. Um, ready to defend David's life even against his own father and he actually puts his own life in jeopardy in defense of David so I believe that friendship between Jonathan and David of course was very providential in sparing the life of David in 18 verse 11 and I denoted this one as an escape David missed the javelin twice he missed Uh, Actually, Saul missed David as he threw the javelin at him twice, sparing his life. So certainly that was a mistake. Uh, That was an escape. It was not a mistake of God. It was an escape. All right. Now, in 1813, Saul made David the captain over a thousand. Believe that that is providential because David, that is the escalation of David toward the throne and this fact that he's gonna he's the captain over a thousand is making a lot of allies for him that are going to be very valuable as he is running from saul in 1827 david killed 200 philistines to become mccall's husband now saul originally had promised david the firstborn daughter but david when he killed goliath but but saul gave that firstborn daughter to someone else and now david falls in love with mccall and and so he kills 200 philistines to become her husband and i think saul thought david would be killed by those philistines and he wouldn't have to worry about him anymore but david brought back the foreskins of 200 philistines to become the husband of Michal. i believe that that also was an escape i think if i was trying to kill 200 people Uh, i would feel good and i would feel like i had made a great escape if i came back with my life in 192 and 3 jonathan was willing to intercede for david to try to find out what his father was thinking regarding david even though that was challenging for jonathan in 1912 uh, mccall no yes mccall let him down through the window remember because his Um, Saul was seeking his life and so she let him down through the window and put, remember she put um, a form, the form of a body in the bed so that when they first came in to look for him they did not know that he was gone and that's in 1912 and of course that was an escape through the window so I marked that one in 19 verses 18 to 24 the messengers and Saul prophesied on their way to Naoth and because they were prophesying and i think it even says um let's look at that one for a second i I don't want to misquote that but in chapter 19 verses 18 to 24 david has fled from from saul and gone down to samuel and then saul sent his messengers to take david and when they saw the company of the prophets prophesying and samuel standing there there the spirit of god went on the messengers of saul and they started prophesying they didn't know they were going to be prophets that day but they started prophesying and and someone went and told saul about it and so saul sent messengers again the third time and they prophesied also and then he went himself and he came to this well that was in Sichu, and he asked and said, where are Samuel and David? And so Saul was told that they were in Naoth, and he went to Naoth, and the Spirit of God came upon Saul also, and he prophesied. Look at verse 24, this is what I was thinking. And he stripped off his clothes, and prophesied before Samuel, and lay down naked all that day, and all that night, wherefore, they still say, it says, is Saul also among the prophets? Well, that's, pretty, that's a, a pretty embarrassing uh, prophetic situation there. So Saul prophesied on his way to Naoth, and because of that, he didn't catch David. So that was an escape. I marked that as an escape for David because the Spirit of the Lord just clearly protected David in that case. Now then, in in chapter 20, verses 1 through 4, we have this um, occasion that we saw earlier, the friendship between Jonathan and David. And verse 13 of that chapter 2 uh, references that, I believe, verse 13 i have a note here that says verse 13 references that god was responsible well it says the lord do so and much more to jonathan but if it please my father to do you evil then i will show it to you and send you away that you may go in peace and the lord be with thee as he has been with my father so jonathan is giving the credit for providence there to god for protection to god now in verse In chapter 20 verses 5 to 23 we have jonathan's intercessory plan happening and that is where uh, Saul tries to even kill Jonathan uh, when Jonathan is interceding for David and this is the one where they shot the arrow and all of that is providential to show David that he needs to be on the run from Saul because indeed Saul does want to kill him so I have all of those verses um, in my list. And then in chapter 20, verses 15 and 16, David's promise that he will protect Mephibosheth. I love that. That's an escape from poverty and a life that was less than it could be, That it, a life that was pretty miserable for Mephibosheth, likely. And he ends up eating at the king's table. So, of course, that was a great providence for mephibosheth and in chapter 20 who was of course uh, of the house of saul chapter 20 verse 33 jonathan escaped saul's javelin that is providential in chapter 20 verse 39 the little boy there in that chapter was unwittingly used in providence he's the one who went to uh, you know get the arrows and they were uh, using that little boy in the in this providential scheme to to save david and i forgot in verse 33 of chapter 20 i did mark that one because jonathan escaped the javelin of saul there so that was a, a great escape 21 verse 7 saul's servant Doeg witness David's run to Gath. Well, I think that's important because some events are going to occur there starting in 21 verse 7. Doeg is going to show up again later, but he knew that, that David had run to Gath. So that's a providential occurrence there. In 21 verse 9, David got the sword of Goliath. Wow, that's pretty amazing that he killed him all those um, all the, all the while ago. I'm going to say by now we are we are pretty some time has passed. Some months have passed and David is getting the sword of Goliath now from the priest in chapter 21 verse 9, he has the sword of the one that he slew that escalated him in the first place to jealousy in the eyes of Saul. 22 verse 1, he escapes to a cave. So I marked that one as an escape. 22 verse 2, um, he got 400 men uh, by position. He got 400 men, so that was a, a Providential blessing there. Twenty-two, verse four. Moab uh, became a place of protection for David's parents, and of course, that was providential—that provided them a place of safety. In twenty, and I marked that one as an escape as well for his parents. In twenty-two, verses nine and ten, Doeg tells where David was and reveals that the priest Ahimelech had helped David 22 9 and 10 now here Doeg is in the right place at the right time to reveal where David is and that Ahimelech the priest had helped him giving him the sword of Goliath and he had even given him bread in 22 Hmm. I didn't put the verse for this one. You all are going to have to help me find it. In 22, Doeg the killed the priest, 85 of those priests. And all of this, the saga of Doeg telling where David was and revealing that Ahimelech had helped him and then killing the priests... At the command of Saul, 85 priests were killed. The reason this is providential is because all of this was diminishing Saul in the eyes of the people and thus making a way for Saul to be dethroned in the eyes, in the minds of the people and making a way for David to become accepted as their king even though he wasn't in the royal family so if we're looking at chapter 22 and i'm looking for the verse where he killed 85 priests and i believe that that is in verse is that verse 18 the king said to doeg turn and fall on the priest and doeg the edomite turned and fell on the priest and slew on that day 4 score and 5 85 People that wore a linen effigy. So He killed 85 priests, and when the king, Saul, commanded him to do this, and he did it, of course, that is going to look really bad on the record of King Saul. So I believe that was providential. In 23 verses one to five, through God, David defeats the Philistines, and escape there. In 23, nine to 14, God protected David from Saul. That is an escape. In 23, verse 16, it says, let's read 23, 16. It says in that passage, And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in God. So Jonathan strengthened David. I believe Jonathan was a direct arm in the providence of God there. God was using Jonathan to strengthen David. In 23, verse 25, some of Saul's men became loyal to David. He's on his way to the throne. 23, 27, and 28, Saul had to stop pursuing temporarily and go fight the Philistines. Well, actually, this is probably going to be the end of his, um, or toward the end of his uh, search for David. In his quest to kill David okay so Saul had to stop fight pursuing David and go and fight the Philistines in 23 27 and 28 verses 27 and 28 and that is an escape in 24 verse 3 Saul and David are in the same cave and you remember David goes and cuts a piece of Saul's skirt and This is an impetus for Saul's temporary repentance and David's temporary escape. So I believe I marked that one as an escape as well. And then in 25 verses 1 and 2, David and his men are beside the property of Nabal. I believe that what's going to happen by the end of this story is David's going to have a new wife in Abigail. And some new alliances and i believe that david and his men being beside the property of nabal is providential in 25 verse 18 nabal's wrath nabal got mad when david asked for some provisions and he was a cruel and an angry man and nabal's wrath prompted abigail to go and take provisions to david to protect them from hunger i believe this was an escape for david david god was providing for him through abigail nabal's wife and in 25 28 and 29 verses 28 and 29 abigail's understanding of providence is made very clear i love this passage chapter 25 verses 28 and 29 i pray thee forgive the trespass of your handmaid this is abigail talking to david for the lord will certainly make my lord a sure house because my lord fights the battles of the lord and evil has not been found in you all your days Yet a man is risen to pursue you and to seek your soul. But the soul of my Lord shall be bound. Listen to these words. Bound in the bundle of life with the Lord thy God. And the souls of your enemies, them shall he sling out as out of the middle of a sling. That is a great description and verse 32 and it shall come to pass when the lord shall have done to my lord according to all the good that he hath spoken concerning thee and shall have appointed you ruler over israel that this shall be no grief to you nor offense of heart to my lord either that you have shed blood causeless or that my lord hath avenged himself but when the lord shall have dealt well with my lord then remember your handmaid so she is actually tracing the providence of god in the future of david but i love her description of it god has you bound up in his bundle of life god has a bundle of life and his people are in that bundle and of course our life our lives here on this earth are ultimately unimportant when we think about the bundle of eternal life that god has us all wrapped up in so i put an asterisk beside her description there because she's talking about david's ultimate escape and ascent to the throne in 25 verses 33 and 39 we do have david's escape from bloodshed he did not shed blood because of abigail's plea to him and i believe that was an escape from sin in 25 verse 38 nabal died making an escape for abigail so i marked that one as an escape and she later um became the wife of david and there was another escape for her in first samuel 30 she was taken taken captive and um, david rescued her there so there's a few escapes in her life and in 26 verse 12 a deep sleep from God came on Saul I believe that was providential in 26 verse 23 God it says delivered Saul let's read verse 23 first Samuel 26 verse 23 it says the Lord rendered to every man his righteousness and his faithfulness for the lord delivered you into my hand today but i would not stretch forth mine hand against the lord's anointed well there's an escape there for a a providence there for david but there's an escape for saul in that verse as well god delivered saul from the hand of david through um his belief that Well, the Lord delivered him into his hand, but then also there's a sense in which the Lord kept David from killing Saul because David had respect for the office that God had instituted. In 28, 14 through 19, God sent a message through the witch of Endor. I believe that was God's even miraculous providence there. In twenty-nine verses one through seven, the Philistine lords rejected David from the battle against Israel. David was about to unbelievably go up in battle against the people of Israel, and they rejected him because they some of the men in the Philistine army were afraid that he would be a traitor, and because he was a was an Israelite. And so, I believe that he was providentially protected from going up in battle against the wrong side how would it look if the future king of israel how would it look when it was time for him to be king if he had fought in the battle against israel in 30 verse 8 god recovered the plunder that was taken by the amalekites including the wives this is where saul's two wives ahinoam and abigail were taken captive by the amalekites and A lot of plunder was taken, too, and God recovered that plunder. So I think that's an escape as well. In 30 verses 11 and 12, it was surely an escape from captivity for Ahinoam and Abigail and others. In 30 verses 11 and 12, an Egyptian was found uh, to... um, Let's see. Let's read this. This Egyptian was part of an Amalekite army, and in 30... Verses 11 and 12, he defects from the Amalekites. Let's read that. And they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread and he did eat. And they made him drink water and they gave him a piece of cake of figs and clusters of raisins and when he had eaten his spirit came again to him for he had eaten no bread nor drunk any water three days and three nights and david said who do you belong to and where did you come from and he said i'm a young man of egypt i'm a servant to an amalekite and my master left me because three days ago i fell sick so it looks like this little egyptian uh, soldier was in the amalekite army which was of course, a foe of David and he was about to die when they found him. And so they brought him to their camp and they fed him and they took care of him and he revived again. And so David said, who are you? And he said, well, I, I'm on the other side. I'm on the side of the Amalekites. And so then he is willing to lead David to the enemy so that david can defeat the enemy so i believe that was an escape it was cer- certainly an escape for the egyptian who was nurtured back to health in 30 verses 22 to 31 david gifted the plunder of the amalekites all around the kingdom increasing his popularity I believe that was providential in 31 1-3 to 3, the philistines slayed saul's sons and his army of course that Um, May open the door for a a vacant throne of course one of saul's sons took over that throne for quite some time but of course god's eventual plan was for david to be there this was an escape for david in 31 chapter 4 saul wounded fell on his own sword he was not um, technically slain by the um philistines but he was mortally wounded in 31 verses 7 through 14 saul's remains then were abused his bone their bones were burned and buried and this is going to providentially give david an occasion to later reclaim the bones of the enemy and to give them a proper burial and that happens in second samuel 21 verses 12 through 14. So as promised, those are my passages that I listed for providence as David ascended to the throne. Yours might be a little bit different, but I think that all of us, when we look at the events that occurred between Saul, David, Jonathan, the Philistines, the Amalekites, the wives, I think when we look at that, we have to just see that God's hand was in every bit of that. Because he had promised that through the tribe of Judah, through the royal family of David, would come a Messiah. And he, you can see his hand working toward that day in Bethlehem, the city of David, when a Savior would be born.